The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyze. We failed. But in the year of the spoiler war, it became something greater. Our last best hope for answers. The year is 2015. The show, down below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. Ian can't be with us today, but we are pleased to be joined once again by the Babylon Lurker. It's Yan. Hello, you. I'm back. Thank you, and uh, good to see you again. Yeah, good to have you back. This was, I think, the episode you picked for this season. I think it, I think it was number two because uh, the other one was also very popular. Okay, cool. It's a good episode, and and it's uh, later, so I don't give the title. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. Today we are here to discuss episode fourteen of season three, Ship of Tears. But first, here's an ISN special report. ISN. Daily News. As crime plummets to an all-time low under President Clark's martial law, we start a new segment here on ISN, profiling the men, women and children who made that possible. To start us off, we take a look at Alfred Bester, P-12 rated psychop. Born in 2189, Bester was adopted by the Corps at an early age, as all the best in the Corps are. After graduating top of his class, Bester was admitted to the Psychops and spent his formative years pursuing his career in places such as St. Petersburg and New Zealand. After several high-profile cases involving dangerous rogue assassin telepaths, Bester chose to be assigned to Mars in order to help those most in need there. Always willing to do his duty, though, Bester was twice sent on assignment to Babylon 5 and was able to provide evidence to President Clark that was instrumental in isolating that hotbed of sedition before it could cause any more trouble to the Alliance. Nowadays, Alfred Bester lives a quiet family life, happily married to Alicia Ross, with two children. Next week, we will take a look at political advisor and high-ranking Ministry of Peace official, Julie Masante. I remember all you telepaths out there, Corey's mother, the Corey's father. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? Ship of Tears originally aired April 29, 1996. It's directed by Mike Vehar and written by JMS. Mike Vehar is, is actually directing quite a bit of episodes. Yeah, I think he may have done the one before this or maybe two episodes ago. Yeah. It's been a while, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I think we took, what, two weeks off? Um, so let's get started with the recap. Uh, yeah, before we recorded, we were talking about uh, work and I was... Uh, a few months ago, I recorded this video um, at work uh, talking about why I liked my company and blah, 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 what I liked about it. And we debuted our new website last week, so I got to see the video. What I noticed is I do this annoying thing with my mouth when I talk. because <laughs> gets on my nerves. And I never knew I did it before because I don't usually uh, see myself talk. So 
Maybe I should go a little easy on Andrea Thompson. <laughs> She's talented. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I probably won't. She's been doing it for years. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what she did. What has she done before Bad Black Five? I don't know. Not so much. So this episode begins with... Uh, <laughs> it's been two weeks since I watched this episode. Uh, it begins with Franklin, Ivanova, and Garibaldi. They're excited about uh, ISN coming back. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see a new anchor, and she's she explains that what happened earlier was that saboteurs attacked the station and they broadcast a fake report to make it seem like the government was working against them. And she's just lying about everything. And they're going to have a report coming up about how, from the Ministry of Peace, about how crime has been eliminated and they turn the TV off. This is like the extreme of the media being controlled by the government. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel like... No, people aren't going to fall for this. I know, like, if she hadn't added that last part, maybe people would believe her. But, like, then she had to throw in that crime is, like, eradicated, and you're like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, lady, can't believe anything you say. Not at all. And what were those ships, like, that at the beginning shot? Those ships that look like the traditional UFO-type ships? You know, the round spinning discs? What were those? I don't remember them. They are from a race called the Vree. The Vree, okay. Uh, I've heard the Vree before, um, I believe. They've been there once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, those guys. Um, okay. <laughs> I was looking at pictures of them. But yeah, I I think it was a little over the top, though. You know, yeah. the, the fake ISN report. I mean, I guess it was just like he wasn't really trying to like do a whole expose on them it was just like okay let's just do it in this she, the least settled terms that they're I mean, completely yeah sorry I mean she'd been told to say what say that and she did and uh, she didn't want to lose the job <laughs> right clearly she's going to lose her life probably <laughs> <laughs> Sheridan yeah Sheridan's out testing the new Star Furies that they got from the Churchill, the ones that can operate in an atmosphere. Yes. And great timing, right when Sheridan's outside, they get a distress signal. Yes. And on the ship is Esther, and we get the opening credits. Yeah. You have have a good ear, Captain. (laughs) (laughs) And Esther identifies himself and they're staying uh, out of his line of sight so they can't be scanned. Yeah. He wants to discuss something important. So they escort him to B-5. It seems like a lot of people could just pilot their own spaceships. It must be like driving in the future. You just kind of learn how to drive a spaceship. Yeah. yeah. I kind of explained that, yeah, sometimes Psycor have to go off on their own. Oh, yeah. What was that about? What did he say? Yes, I guess, I can't remember. Sometimes they have to go off on missions, I think what he said. With yeah. Their own missions, and so they need to know how to fly a ship. And, and Sheridan, who recognized the ship, or the design. The, the Omega symbol. The Black Omega. Yeah, we wanted to just blow them out of the sky. Yeah. And we wouldn't get any more Bester. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. <laughs> Well, that, that, no. that depends if it's for them or for the story. And <laughs> <laughs> they like having Walter Kennedy around. Uh, on B5, Jakar wants in on this new alliance. He's talking to Ivanova. He's upheld his part of the bargain with his infinite patience is running out. Yeah. <laughs> like that little part. That was a nice remark. Probably someone has it as a quote. Yeah, to bring Bester on board and not exactly nice to him. Got all the guards pointing at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a problem with Bester's acting. I really, it really bothers me. I just like he speaks so slowly. It's like I don't know. I can't take it sometimes. <laughs> this episode seems like way too hard, way too villainy. Well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's like you think you don't like me. Garibaldi doesn't like it but Bester wants a personal meeting and they all 
you know, realize they don't really have anything to hide, but Esther doesn't know that. No. They can't drug him this time because he won't be able to help him. Says he. They can't. Says he. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what Bester <laughs> says. Oh, I'm wondering where all those Minbari telepaths went. Oh, yeah. Where'd they go? Sheridan's okay with locking up Bester if they find out he's up to something. When everybody leaves, they ask Ivanova to go talk to him because she'll know if someone scans him. And if he does, they'll lock him up. But before that, Sheridan needs to know about the Jakar problem. Yeah. Yeah, so send Susan out. That's a, no, that's a nice little Ivanova Sheridan scene there. Yeah. Just finishing off, we've got a problem. <laughs> Susan goes to uh, speak to Bester and... He kind of makes her mad. I thought he was doing that so he kind of ride the wave into her mind. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, that doesn't seem like he did it. That's been mentioned before. But she slaps him, and he explains uh, Clark isn't calling his sh- shots back home. <laughs> I was saying something else. Though. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Alias called the shadows are. He thinks... Uh, they may know more than he does, and she's going on about. She says Susan may not doesn't like them because of their ability or jealous. Yeah, this and is a lot of. This was super interesting because, I mean, this is the first time we found out that the site core really wasn't involved with this whole thing, right? Um, well, I mean, I, I guess that they never said that they were, but I think you know. No, there was this uh, newspaper article where, where 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 they mentioned the psycho having been involved in the elections. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, they're not in charge of everything, but we did see the psychop meeting with um. Maybe something else. I'm kind of surprised he didn't try to, you know, scan her. I mean, yeah. If he didn't know that she was part sigh, I mean, what would he lose by doing it? You know, nobody, he, she wouldn't even know. Yeah. Maybe he's just trying to get be on their side. Maybe he thinks they might know if he did somehow. They might be up to something. Maybe he thinks those Mimbari telepaths are just hiding this time and not mm-hmm. right out there in the open. <laughs> it could be, yeah. So he has ambitions, but he can't be on top of aliens are there first. And shadows are interfering with his plans. Yeah, I won't have it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have my own evil plans. Yeah, I need you to help for, me get these aliens out of the way. He has his plans for his telepaths. He knows how to hurt the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically makes no... I mean, he doesn't even pretend that he doesn't have his evil scheme. And then he wants the telepaths on top. So it's like, you know, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. With the tel- with the Psychor. Yeah. So Bester explains that ships or shadow ships will be coming through hyperspace and it has weapons and they need to capture it. They need him because a P-12 can pinpoint a ship's location but somehow hyperspace amplifies the signal. Mm. Nice little thing. That was a surprise yeah. for Sheridan. Yeah. Yeah, that's super creepy. You mentioned how it takes generations to breed a telepath. Yeah. And after this, we see the Minbari ships still around the station and the White Star leaves. Yes. Okay, remind me why they brought it, like why they had to use the White Star for this and not just like some random ship. And now Bester knows about the White Star. Yeah. It's their best ship, though they are fighting shadows. They want, I guess they're one of their best ships. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a very big secret to let Bester in on. True, but they they did need they did know that they, they might be go up going up against the shadows. Yeah, pretty brave. Quite. I'm saying I really like the ship. <laughs> <laughs> he does like yeah. the ship. I like the captain's chair anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. I guess someone has has that as a quote. Um, he was Chekhov, and I guess after later on he was a captain, wasn't he? I don't think we've seen him seen him as captain. Okay, I may be thinking about Sulu. Um, after Jakar enters the lens quarters, yeah, that, 
you're in hyperspace and the white star Bester gets in the chair and shirt and makes him get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they remember to have Lanier translate the orders this time and like last time. <laughs> what happened last time? He just said something and the Minbaris did what um he said in Oh he JMS said it in made. English. Yeah, okay. JMS said that we just didn't hear Lanier back there translator or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anybody notice Sheridan was getting a bit snippy with Lanier a couple times? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. I still can feel the enemy. I keep wanting to say stuff, but I remember it's the next episode. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there was a cast commentary. Um, it was hilarious, but it doesn't really give a lot of insight, but it's hilarious. So I keep wanting to For this episode or the next one? For the Next episode. Oh, okay. Is it Delenn's finishing her speech? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a slightly different speech than we used to hear. Yeah, but still, we know that it took forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're just thankful we didn't have to hear it all. Yeah, that's one of the comments they made in the commentary. <laughs> um, she tells them how they remain silent, why the Narn, the Centauri attacked the Narn, and why they had to, and Shakar says if he had known then he would have killed her, but now he understands all that sacrifice that Kosh put in his head. So Kosh was Kosh like basically just manipulating him to accept what had happened? Yeah, maybe so, and maybe that he was gonna have to Yeah, yeah, he wanted to kill Londo then when Kosh did that. I have a note. Again, these notes were written a week ago. My note says, why would the shadow still have attacked Narnia? Well, what was I... I guess the question is, if... Maybe this comes up la- Well, it can't have come up later. So if they could have been killed by the telepaths... Maybe we could talk about this later. I don't know why this question is coming up in my notes now, but I'll table that one. Sorry. Okay. Hmm. Um, so he says, maybe one day he'll be able to forgive her, but not this day. My note says, stop crying, Dylan. It's not <laughs> about you. <laughs> yeah. In high school space, they're killing these little enemy ships. They capture the transport ship. Uh, they pick up one of the spider ships coming, but it goes away without attacking. And They wonder why. Yeah, why is this hammer leaving? And Bester says he was told that weapon supplies were on the ship. But on the ship, there are a lot of frozen bodies. Okay. <laughs> In the little screen position. Yeah, <laughs> they were frozen mid-screen. <laughs> I know yep. that this is a sci-fi show, but in this moment, it was like, okay, now we're like in major sci-fi territory. <laughs> uh, yeah. A little bit of horror later on. Yeah, yeah like sci-fi horror. And... Oh, yeah, Sheridan's asking Franklin to look at what they brought over. And they find out the captain took his life rather than be captured the other ship. Not Sheridan's, <laughs> captain the other ship. Um, on the ship, they found tubes with Psycorp people inside. It looks like they did come willingly. Mm, I don't think they did. What, you mean like the frozen Psycorp people? Yeah, oh, okay. frozen people. They didn't go willingly. And the pilot, like, committed suicide or something? Yeah. But they don't even know if the pilot was human or alien, huh? Yeah, I think they couldn't distinguish or they didn't know who he was. But he working for the enemy. The bester didn't tell them they were telepaths because he figured they wouldn't be sympathetic. He didn't find out that the weapon supplies were humans until later on. So Frank is going to try to... uh wake up one of the frozen people and he's examining her and she starts screaming and has to be sedated. I mean, it was because it was Franklin. Of course. <laughs> she had a bad dream that somebody was touching me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you yeah. see the other guy in MedLab? He was just randomly comparing different colored waters and beakers. It was so close <laughs> science. There was one, I think y'all mentioned on the commentary, because I had noticed it too when I watched the episode the first time, just some random guy 
walking in the hallway yeah. in the background. The alien <laughs> behind them when they're talking to Jakar or something. Yeah. Yeah, like who's that guy? <laughs> like wandering around like he was really drunk. <laughs> like where's he like is he lost? <laughs> but there's a story behind that guy. I wanna know what it is. Who can tell? Franklin says she's messed up. What does that mean? <laughs> she doesn't want me. It's making sense. All they have is a bracelet, and Bester says that she was a blip. I guess from the bracelet, you can tell that she was a blip. She ran away from the core and was recaptured. She was either P11 or P12, and recognizes something and stops and needs to see her now. We see another side of Bester, don't we? <laughs> yeah, but okay, so the main reason that telepaths they they want telepaths to join the core is because. They just don't want unlicensed, unregulated telepaths out there, right? That was in the uh, original reason. Uh huh. What was the new and improved reason? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to spoil too much. Oh, it's 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 something that we've talked about before. Okay. Because was there something that they were saying that where if you don't get trained, then you're, you're dangerous to yourself or something? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, remember the uh, the telepath that came into into being in the first season? She was just uh, oh, uh-huh, yeah, uh, had no con- no control whatsoever. Yeah, okay. Because um, presumably this lady, I mean, before she was made to merge with machines, was was it? Uh, I guess she must have been insane. She was uh, falling in love with Bester. So never- <laughs> <laughs> You're right. She has, she has to be. <laughs> he's a really nice guy when he's not scheming and plotting. Cheating on his family. Could have been the other way. <laughs> Could have been the other way around. Yeah, that was um, um, genetic matches. Yeah. His family. Right, that's true. It's real love. <laughs> it was forced into that other one. Um, but yet he fully supports, you know, the breeding program. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds so terrible when you say it like that. <laughs> he also know he also knows, knows that there is no lost love there, as he says. Yeah, uh, I, I want to see his children for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Maybe he will. Hopefully, they uh, look like their mother. Oh my God! Yes, they look uh, like if they look like him, they'd be like the Damien, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was hearing uh, something on the radio about the Triple Crown winner's father, the horse, and people pay just like ridiculous amounts of money just to have that horse. Oh, yeah, stud horses, yeah. Bester's like a stud sigh. <laughs> <laughs> he is a P12. Huh? He is. Probably a strong one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to think about Bester breeding. <laughs> Uh, in the med lab the lady has visions of aliens doing something to her and also we see a shadow ship oh wait 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 wait! is this where they mentioned the re-education facility on Mars or or is that later my notes uh, dropped off like nothing what it might be later I'm not sure it's it's definitely when when Besto tells tells about uh, his girlfriend Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's later. Yeah, okay. it's a little bit later. So she's connected herself to the station. Which is weird. Marriage with P five. <laughs> I wonder if she talks to that um, computer program that Garibaldi had. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought of that during the commentary. I was like, hmm, she having conversations with that. I don't. And is it being as is it being as snarky to her as it was to Garibaldi? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, what exactly happened? So, okay, she, in theory, I mean, from what we learn, she was probably, like, trained and or was going to be trained in how they want her to merge with the spider ships, right? She was prepared for merging with one of the ships. And her, her thoughts were only about merging with the ship, and so when she woke up, she just had to figure out a way to merge with that ship. Yeah, but maybe so. Or maybe she thought she was in danger, and I don't know. 
maybe she wanted to emerge so she could take control. And... It looked like it looked like it did like she just got tangled up in wires, really. <laughs> yeah. Just stumbled into some wires. Like, okay. <laughs> Make this work. Oh, very strange. Franklin tries to talk to her. They know she's trying to infiltrate the station, and she sees the Bester's badge and gets mad and tries to attack. And Bester doesn't know why she would attack him. He seems genuinely hurt. And oh my God, have you met him? <laughs> <laughs> Garibaldi throws that badge out to prove his pointer, and she starts rambling. Says the machine says kill to protect. <laughs> Like what? Oh, where, <laughs> where have we heard that before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just keeps rambling and the machine is talking in her mind and frankly just pulls the plug on her. <laughs> that was easy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Bester um, reads her mind and sees a person inside a shadow ship and he's disturbed. He finally gets to read somebody's mind this episode. Mm-hmm. So he really didn't know, I mean, what was they were using them for. Yeah. So I don't know if my theory is correct, though, about the re-education facility on Mars, because... Uh, what was your question about that re-education facility? Well, I was thinking, oh, maybe it has to do with because they found the shadow ships there, right? Buried? That was on Mars, right? They found one on Mars They found, some years ago, and they found one on Ganymede. So I thought maybe it like, was like a, like that's, maybe they had created the, the training facility there, you know, in relation to the shadow ship that was found there. Um, or maybe it was just a standard uh, sidecar. Yeah, yeah, for sure it could be. Re-education. Yeah, Bester doesn't know everything. No? What? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you remember he said one scene he doesn't have that authority. So there's yeah. Well, Bester. Okay, but are we to presume, now knowing what we know now about the ships, they're trying to use size um, to power the ships, are we to presume that, like, when they were talking about what happened on Mars, that it was a Psy person that was that tried to merge with the ship or something? Because there was that Psy badge that they found, right? On Mars, yes. I don't know. Oh, they did find one. Yes, you're right. I'm just wondering if that's what we're supposed to think now, because they're not really spelling it out. Mm. No, James d- doesn't spell out too much. Hmm. Hmm. So the lady's name is Carolyn. And Wait, so what? Uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> what is powering the the ships now? Because presumably they don't have just size powering them all the time. It has to be what? like other things, other creatures. I assume that um, those ships. I was. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. But I was assuming those people were for new ships that don't have. Mm-hmm. Probably. Because they couldn't have been using people, you know, forever. It was. I guess any creature might be able to control the Probably ship. Any, any sentient being or previously mm-hmm. sentient being. Yeah. The Borg now. Yeah, so Besser explains that Carolyn is his lover. Ugh. <laughs> That's why you didn't watch it again, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> She's pregnant with his child. His wife was generic pairing, but his real love was his lover. <laughs> she was just supposed to be another blip reassigned to the re-education center, but he fell in love. Sniff, sniff. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, he couldn't get her out of there because he didn't have the kind of, that kind of authority. Try to get her to go on sleepers, but she refused. She was stubborn. And that was four weeks ago. Well, who is not stubborn in this story? Right. Yeah. And they put together that the Psycorp people are going to be put in the shadow ships. They can't help her, but Bester will wait however long it takes for him to figure out how to help her. Because he promised to help her. And he's the only promise he ever cared about. <laughs> That's a clue, everybody. <laughs> Says yeah, what like, kind of person he is. Like, maybe you shouldn't have said that in front of yeah. him. But Oops, here. I mean, well, also the one I told you to. <laughs> well, they didn't trust him anyway. <laughs> yeah. But their war is now his war. For, for now. Yeah. And Delin is showing Jakar their operations center and Best was visiting his lover. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ivanova doesn't trust. What does that mean? I don't think that's right. I wrote down Ivanova doesn't trust Jakar. I don't know if that, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Has, no. um, somebody doesn't trust somebody. I guess Maybe Ivanova Bester. doesn't trust Bester. That's probably what I meant to say. <laughs> that, that is I was definitely, thinking about Jakar. That's definitely true. She doesn't. <laughs> so, and Garibaldi's reading the book of Jakar, or Jaquan <laughs> in his quarters. <laughs> Jakar, Jaquan. <laughs> Jakar, Bester, Jaquan, all the names mixed up. Um, I think that's a hint, Elizabeth. They're really the same person. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Spoiler. <laughs> if if they're the same person, then Jakar must be a thousand years old. Yeah. <laughs> he just had a little work done. Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> he calls um, a code 7R. So everybody's going to know eventually that the 7R means <laughs> the 7 code 7 is going to be like a secret meeting. Yeah. Is this the so, first time we saw the command center? They walked in, into it, didn't they, once? But I don't think... This, I think it's the first time we've seen this much mm-hmm. of it. Probably, yes. That's pretty cool. The war room. Right. So in, yeah. In the war room, Garibaldi tells him what he found out. He... He, he drew this out just like they like explained it really slowly so that everyone could figure out everything like there just I don't know I think we got what he was going for before he reached that conclusion I don't I still don't understand why Garibaldi had to read it in the original Narn because then Jakar just re, you know just translates it in English to everybody so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he thumped the book. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guess someone has that one as a quote. Yeah. They figure out that the shadows wiped out the Narn telepaths a thousand years ago because they're vulnerable to telepaths. So they're going to use telepaths in their ships to protect against other telepaths. That's why they didn't, they didn't attack Weapons the White components. Star. Yeah. Yeah. And since Bester was on board the White Star, that's why they ran... So now they have a weapon against the shadows, which is good because the shadows just started openly attacking Brakiri space. What kind of space um, is it? The Brakiri. Brakiri. They're alien race. Oh, is that one of the um, non-aligned worlds? Yes. Oh, okay. Shadows are just weird. Yes, they are. Game. <laughs> well, the shadows are weird. Aren't the Volans weird? Yeah. <laughs> If we could figure out what both of them want, then we'd know what the heck is going on in this show. Yes. What do you want? Yeah. And who are you? Yeah. Yeah. That is the eternal question right now. Right? Yes. Um, something I want to say. <laughs> but can't? Or? It's like... Anyway, so yeah, so... <laughs> Carol, the lady that played Carolyn was on Simon and Simon. The report, the ISN reporter was on the West Wing a few episodes. <laughs> Bill Blair was in this episode. Did he play the wandering alien? Probably did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we have any quotes? I have a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Go ahead, Yan. Okay. Uh, let me see. Oh, quotes. Oh, you, I was thinking about favorite characters. Uh, quotes. I'll just start with this one. Dylan, I hope that one day you will find it in your hearts to forgive me for what I did. Get your car. Perhaps one day, but not today. Yeah, it sounded it's like a you day said, to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like you said heart. So I was like, do the Narn have more than one heart? I don't think so. Like <laughs> <Dr. Who. laughs> yeah. So, next. Um, I will go with Sheridan. Michael, you look like the proverbial cat, the, date, the equally proverbial canary. Uh, it's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, do not thump the book of Jaquan. <laughs> it's disrespectful. It, it, yeah. it is disrespectful, yeah. <laughs> and, the way, uh, and the way he looks yeah. in the f- take, puts his fingers to the temples and all this. Yeah, just, look on his face, it's priceless. <laughs> I have Jakar. I can only wait so long, Ivanova. I thought your patience is infinite, Jakar. Since space and time are curved, the infinite sooner or later bends back upon itself, 
And so where it began, and so have I. And speaking of Doctor Who, that seems like a very Doctor Who quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like that's a bit Doctor Who-ish, but uh, of course, uh, well, it depends whether you, you refer to the old or the new Doctor Who. Yeah. That was a really good quote. I really like that one. Yes. I have another one, if you like. Uh, but uh, did we all? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss, right. so, Mr. Bester. Captain Sheridan, get the hell out of my chair. <laughs> so glad you did that one. Um, I also have Bester. We're not expendable. Mundanes are. Garibaldi, oh, yeah. that would be us. Bester, <laughs> got it in one, Garibaldi. Yeah, it's a pr- it's priceless. <laughs> and a lot of really... Oh, there are some pretty good ones in this one. Like that one. Um, I have a Vonova. Uh, if you get near a point, make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have one more, but I'll wait if there's any more. Yeah. Go ahead, another one. Yeah, I don't taken. have any more. Jakar, if I had known when Nan was bombed that you knew and withheld the knowledge, I would have killed you instantly. Do you <laughs> yeah. understand? And then this quiet, yes. That's good. Yes, yeah, there's, there's some pretty pretty good amount of good quotes in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do our characters of the week. Did I write this? Oh, yeah, character of the week. Who's our human of the week? I'll go for <laughs> I'll go for Gary Baldy. He figures yeah. the thing out. Uh-huh. He's the that. one who figures who figures out the whole the whole riddle. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say Bester, so I oh, see, definitely I wrote, go. I wrote down Bester, but I did not mean to say Bester or something else. <laughs> that was a week ago. I can never give it to Bester. I just I just can't. Okay, let's go with Garibaldi. For finding their weapon against the shadows. Who's our alien of the week? Jakar. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would go for Jakar, just a hair over Dylan. Last time it was drunk Jakar. Let's say we're Jakar. It's Jakar, yeah. So drunk Jakar doesn't split the vote from sober Jakar. <laughs> oh, let's rate this episode. Want to start us out, Yan? Yes, I really like this episode, uh, and I will give it 9.5, uh, Lost Telepaths. Wow. How about you, Heidi? Um, I liked this one pretty well, having only seen it once. Um, uh, discussing it actually helped me to um, understand some of what was going on that we were talking over during the commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I liked it. Okay, but uh, Bester always brings it down a little bit for me. I know that he's supposed to annoy me, and he does a very good job of it. <laughs> he does indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it always kind of brings it down a little bit. But I really loved uh, Jakar and Delenn kind of talking things out. and um, So I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 crazy telepaths. Talking to the computer? I'm sorry, eight? Yeah. Uh, all right, how about you, Elizabeth? I don't know, this one's weird. I mean, I don't like Bester. Uh, it's not just the character. I mean, it, I think the character would be fine if it was played by a different actor. Sorry, I didn't watch Star Trek, so I have no, like, loyalty to the actor. He just kind of irritates me. Um, but I like the character of Bester in theory. Um, I like that they have a Psy that's like a nemesis, but that also, you know, has to help them for his own reasons. Um, and we got some good information, but we had a lot of Bester in this episode. <laughs> um, and I was also slightly annoyed with the Delenn uh, in this episode, but that's just Sometimes when she's like getting all emotional, it's like okay. Um, but I love Jakar in this episode, and um, I like that we went into the war room, and um, so th- and I think we got some really cool information. So I'm gonna give it 7.5 stud size. How about you, Ian? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I like the episode well enough. I like seeing. Um, Bester and I mean yeah and Jakar and Delin scenes I enjoyed and yeah it was a pretty good episode it was definitely better than 
Elite Glory from Avalon. So I'll give it eight out of ten, eight and a half out of ten weapons components. Nobody said that already. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. But we were all referring to the telepath. Yeah. <laughs> Eight point three seven five. That is not bad. Okay, wait. We, you know who we didn't talk. We didn't talk about what? her vision thing. What was she dreaming about? Like aliens operating on her? What was that all about? Yeah, those weird aliens. UFO like aliens. Yeah, that was exactly what we what we were supposed to think. I, like it's like you're not even clear if she's just projecting what she thinks aliens look like. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, yeah, well, that doesn't even make sense because it was okay. like alien abduction aliens. Yeah, alien abduction aliens. Yes, very, you. very much. <laughs> or if like that actually happened, <laughs> it's very weird. She's Mulder's sister. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I think that happened, but uh, really, and it's and it's a memory. Wow. Yeah. So, but I don't she know. Ma- had she made it already to the re-education facility, or was she supposedly in transport to that facility? She was escaping she, from it. Escaping yeah. from it. So, possibly that facility is experimenting on them using with other alien races. Huh. I don't know. All, all, all these, all these aliens are minions of the shadows. Maybe. Minions. Awesome. <laughs> I love minions. <laughs> okay. Well, let's take a ship with zero tears to feedback land. Ian, here, just interrupting everything with my thoughts on Ship of Tears. First of all, Besser, yay! He's only been in a few episodes so far, but he's a wild card every time. He forces the crew to act differently into new modes and it's a good thing to have best on board every time. Yeah, we have little things like the Star Trek joke as well which really help out. The story things that are interesting about the Psychor and Bester being aboard this time apart from Bester being awesome is first of all, Psychor keeping that little secret that Psy powers are heightened in hyperspace. It makes me wonder what other little secrets the core are keeping. And I've always found the concept of the shadows using size as component parts for their ship creepy and interesting. But the execution of what they did with Carolyn here, when she's hooked up to all the wires in Medbay, it's really cheesy and it feels very 90s, maybe even 80s. Cyberpunk? Uh, it was old hat even when they made the show. They could have gone for something a bit better. It's a shame. Really. And trying to humanise Besta, making him have an affair and try and care about someone, actually makes him creepier and in a way a little sleazier. But then again, Besta's still awesome. I can't, I can't. He is awesome. On the other side of all of this, we've got the interaction between Delenn and Jakar. It's a fantastic scene between the two of them. Both of the actors play it so well. I love it every time, and it breaks my heart every time I see it. Oh, apart from that, we now get a new weapon against the shadows, and isn't that going to be interesting? Overall, I like this episode a lot. Season 3, I like... So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 thumps on the Book of Jaquan. Those are my thoughts. Now back to what was recorded earlier. Okay, I need to find that link. And no tears on our ship. Oh, I don't have that link either. Oh, let me give it to you. I gave it last. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, was, that was a week ago. Can you put it in the Skype chat? Sure. Elizabeth's on her way to, not you, <laughs> a different Elizabeth is on her way to Portland now. Uh, Who, what? Sorry, <laughs> one of the clone dance party hosts is on her way to Portland for vacation. Oh. She's going to be going to be meeting her in a few hours. Oh, neat. And one of the hosts actually lives in Portland, but I've never met her before. <laughs> so I'll be meeting both of them today. Oh, cool. So Are you recording you... like 15 podcasts today, Will? 
Yes, I'm recording for a podcast, and then I'm going downtown to meet Elizabeth and Lynette. And then I'm going to the gym after that crashing. Goodness. <laughs> My day is full. Okay, I got it. <clears throat> first email, uh, first is a comment from Board99. I'll read this one. So he has spoilers for the last three episodes. S- try to keep these brief. Six Transit Beer. For an episode that exists because another show didn't work out for season first, this is remarkably good. JMS is good at blending comedy and horror. Compare the Drazi storyline and the geometry of shadows. A late delivery from Amalot. Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> like your guest, I like this one. I'm an easy mark for Arthuriana. And unlike season one's Grail, in this story, the Arthurian material is specifically relevant. This author, not based on anything very close to the medieval romances, but it's rather T.H. White's author, Wart, Merlin living backwards. The round table is aimed at making a better and more just world. Like Grail, the late delivery from Avalon associates Arthurian legend with rebirth and their overcoming of tragic past. Plus, this is more art every portion of season three. Pure standalone is quite refreshing. Ship of Tears. And sometimes JMS gives you horror without the comedy. And the episode would be worth it for Mira Fulon and, Tre- and Andreas Katsilas' scene alone. Incidentally, as much as I'm enjoying your ISN underground intros, I like to hear your voice. I like to hear you voice the full-throated Clark Lloyd's propaganda of the real ISN at some point. Well, if you're listening maybe. to this, you probably have heard it. <laughs> Well, thank you, Thor. Thank you, Yeah. And next we have an email from Victor. Um, I'll take that one. Everyone's favorite Psycop is back, and ISN is back, too. The good news is that ISN is on the air again. The bad news is that now it's just a propaganda arm of the Earth government, so it's almost as biased as Fox News. <laughs> However, on Babylon 5, Bester seems to be even more disliked than ISN. Sheridan and his crew are in a surly mood, and they're ready to blast him out of the sky. Why didn't they do it? (laughs) They don't seem to need a reason to kill him. They're ready to do it just on general principles. But it turns out that Bester and Psychor are not the enemy. They are not aligned with the shadows that have infiltrated the Earth government. So for the time being, they are frenemies (laughs) and have to work together to track down a ship in hyperspace. Then the most amazing revelation of all. Bester has a girlfriend. (laughs) See, I knew he was just an old softy. Hitler had a girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. He's not really such a bad guy. He just has the arrogance of a man who thinks he's better than everyone else, which in a way he is. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, events get a little too exciting when Carolyn plugs herself into Babylon 5's computer system. When you have a disoriented, pregnant P-12 telepath in control of the entire station, things can go all kinds of wrong. Oddly enough, it is Garibaldi, whom Bester considers to be little more than a trained ape, that finds the vital clue in Jakar's tattered copy of the Book of Jaquan. By the way, I have never seen a more raggedly, raggedy-looking book. It's very old. <laughs> I don't it is think, indeed. I don't think there was one page in that book that wasn't dog-eared, but since they need telepaths to fight the shadows, it looks like Sheridan and Bester will have to work together. And if ever there was a shotgun marriage, this is it. Overall, an excellent episode, and I will give it a nine disrespectful thumps out of ten. Regards, Victor. Thanks, Victor. <laughs> I love your rating Good. system. I wonder if they have a, uh, yeah, last episode it was a satisfying thump, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I noticed, I noticed that. I wonder if they have electronic version of the book of Jaquan or like a Jaquan app or something. Right, like that. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This next one is and, an email from Lori and Carl. Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. I'm looking forward to this week to the ISN report, given what we heard from Earth-based ISN in this episode. I am wondering if our friendly reporters will tell a different story. I like the Ivanova comment afterwards. Apparently, she can never be too pessimistic. (laughs) When Sheridan went out in the updated Star Fury that can now withstand an atmosphere, Carl first said we will likely see that sometime, and then that nothing good can come out of Sheridan being out there. When we saw the intruder was Buster, Carl said to shoot him now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What did the ambassadors think? Uh, we agreed with you. 
Yes, Carl, yes. <laughs> when Bester convinces them to go out in the White Star, Carl was convinced he was trying to lure them into a trap. Newbie? Um, no, I thought maybe, I think I thought he was telling the truth. I can't remember. Listen to our commentary. We probably discussed it. <laughs> we get some interesting new information about high-level size, that they can pinpoint the location of ships in hyperspace. There was a good quote related to breeding like rabbits that I hope someone grabbed. Oh, we didn't. Oh, I forgot that one. <laughs> did anyone guess what type of weapons might be on the ship? I know that I did not, though in retrospect, the title works very well for the storyline. Carl thought that Buster's description of his relationship with Carolyn came out came so out of the blue that it was not believable, and I think I agree. And her visions of aliens looked way too exiled. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone guess why she wired herself into the ship? Both Carl and I got worried when it looked like Franklin was going to try and play the psychologist again, <laughs> because last time it worked so well. Garibaldi ends up saving the day and figuring out what was going on with Carolyn targeting Psychor, and then again later with the Book of Jaquan. Carl was not too surprised to see persons at the center of shadow ships. Very much looking forward to your discussion on this. Carl's predictions. Buster will become a repeating character as well as comedic relief. Oh, no. <laughs> Carl is wondering why the shadow ships are now on the move and showing themselves. What is their purpose? Yes, agreed. What is their purpose? Since that they thrive on mis- Yeah. Since they thrive on mistrust and mani- by manipulating enemies, he believes there must be dissent now within the shadow race that is causing some of them to come out of hiding. Otherwise, why would they show themselves? Or why wouldn't they show themselves <laughs> before, is my question. Mm-hmm. Quote, uh, if not taken, there's the Jakar infinite space-time curves one, and then there's the do not thump the book of Jaquan. <laughs> Carl, rating. One character development. A very important episode, but not as enjoyable. Ship. Shadow fodder ship. <laughs> Setting, new war room. Wooing. That's <laughs> <laughs> just really creepy and psychopathic description of his wooing of Carolyn. Oh. Alien, <laughs> Lanier for awesome lines in the White Star. Human, screaming dude in glass sarcophagus who a princess will wake up with a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lanier was pretty good in the White Star. Oh, yeah, what are they going to do with all those people? There was a. What are they going to do with all those people? <laughs> Put them in storage. <laughs> Put them in the freezer. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to get rid of a bunch of sides. Lori, rating. Seven tangled electrical cords. Alien, Jakar, human, Garibaldi. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Guys. See, next we have email from Yarsto. Yarsto says, Gritting down below casters and assuming guest appearances are going as planned. Hello, old friend. I think that's you, yeah. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> <laughs> There's my feedback for Ship of Tears. If this seems a bit superficial, blame it on Sensate, or rather my obsession with Sensate. Oh, that's so good. I've only seen the first four and I'm already hooked. It's very good. With, uh, with that said, let's see. In the episode, we see ISN resurrected as the interstellar network propaganda. We see Bester return to B5 with an enemy of my enemy deal, and we see Jakar get into the inner circle and get in a great quote about infinity, which I won't bother to type out because I'm sure one of you will have it. <laughs> it's a very interesting episode for Bester in many ways. While thoughts on the expendability of mundanes are in his more or less usual borderline pantomime villain style, mm-hmm. we do get to see his more human side rather. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. Like this is this whole stuff. It was just so villain, villain, villain like. It's enough to make you wonder how he got that way. I'm curious what you guys made of the it takes generations to breed a telepath line. My own hypothesis is that this is about the P1, P2 ranks, maybe up to P4, since we never see anyone below a P5 do any of the actual work. Maybe the lower ranked teeps need to interbreed for several generations as a rule before producing anyone who can reliably function even as a lowly commercial teep. But they can't just, like... Put like a P10 with a P1, which is so weird, and then create like a P4 or something, and then <laughs> you can't. It doesn't like add up that way or something. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. But all I could think of was uh, was Jakar wanting to breed telepaths, and I was like, well, it wouldn't really have worked quite that quickly, Jakar. 
No. Yeah. He might have been thinking long term. Yeah, he's a long term planner. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you just said he might be a thousand years old. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's got time. Beyond that, we find out a little. Um, we find out a bit more about shadow ships and their living cores, which we discover can be a potential weakness. But on the other hand, was running into a ship with a telepath or having their weapon supply stolen maybe what prompted the shadows to attack openly? Mm. Mm, good question. Finally, Master gets bonus points this episode for not asking us if we know what it's like when telepaths make love. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I guess. But you can't, like, watch that without thinking about it. So. Nope. <laughs> it brings the thought to mind, so that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quotes. Sheridan, give me one good reason why I shouldn't blow you out of the sky. Bester, because you're curious, kill me and you'll never know what brought me all the way out here. I think if you weigh that against the brief satisfaction of blowing me out of the sky, you'll do the right thing. Nope, it, was, After, it would definitely be more satisfying to blow him out of the sky. <laughs> After a pause, Captain Sheridan, I'm thinking it over. Good. <laughs> and next, Bester, you know, if this keeps up, I'm going to start thinking that people around here just don't like me. And you shift to Sheridan's office, Garibaldi, I don't like it. <laughs> and Sheridan, so how did you find out about all this, Bester? Oh, yeah. I'm a telepath. Work it out. That's a brilliant quote. Yeah. Sheridan, try not to drool on the controls. <laughs> Franklin, someone's definitely messed with her wetware. Oh, that's why I said she was messed up <laughs> in my notes. Um, Carolyn, the machine says kill to protect. Oh. And Ivanova, he has a vested interest in helping us for now, but once this is all over, he'll turn on us. The characters of the episode, Human, Bester, Alien, Jakar, Auro Mention, Dylan for the sheer amount of emotion in her confession to Jakar, Dishonorable Mention, Garibaldi for thumping the book of Jaquan disrespectfully. <laughs> episode writing 85 out of 100 telepaths and tubes. What happened to the other 15? <laughs> Yarsto from the Netherlands. Thank you, Yarsto. Our next email is from Melanie W. Okay, I'll take that one. Hi, down below. Here's some brief feedback for Ship of Tears. Sir Jakar is finally in the Army of Light. I liked that scene with him and Delenn until Delenn started pointing out how far he has come. Not the right time, Delenn. Not the right time. (laughs) Bester is back, and he wants to fight the Shadows. He also spends a lot of time telling everyone that he's a P-12. Ivanova seemed sure that he's going to turn on them. How long do the ambassadors think this alliance is going to last? Um, we're going to need to put an episode count on that, like we did with the kiss, because I'm Ooh. running out of time on that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, five episodes. That a, no, I don't know. I say by this by the season finale. Um, about the telepaths on that ship and Ivanova's mother. Bonifa mentioned that her mother went on the sleepers and was on them for 10 years. The telepath they woke up had tried to run from the Psychor, and then she was captured, sent to a re-education facility, and ended up in some creepy relationship with her re-educator. Rating 8.8. Bonus for Ivanova slapping Bester, 0.52. Final rating, (laughs) (laughs) 9.32. Human of the Week, Ivanova. Alien, Surgicar. Um, quotes, the one about Sheridan's chair. Uh, we done this one about the pulse cannons? Nope. Blow you out of the sky. Okay. Uh, Sheridan. Now I am sitting on four brand new unidirectional pulse cannons. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't blow you out of the sky. Bester. Uh, Oh, we did just do that one. Because you're curious. Yep. Okay. Um, Bester, 30 degrees to port, linear, captain. Sheridan, 30 degrees to port. Lanier nods and presumably says 30 degrees to port to Mimbari. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergicar, yes, Sergicar. I love it that she keeps saying Sergicar. Um, the one about thumping the Book of Jaquan. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakovian Veer fan. Thanks, Melanie. And I guess lastly, we have an email from Anka. 
Hi, guys. I was so busy that I didn't get to write proper reviews, but here are a few short thoughts. Ship of Tears. This is the episode where Bester became a favorite villain. Walter Koenig is an amazing actor. <laughs> Sorry. And brings this person so well to life. I liked episodes with him before, but the interactions with him and the B5 crew are so much more fun now that he is somewhat of a regular. And we learn how to defend yourself. Is that the end? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry about my commute. Um, yeah, thanks for all the feedback, everybody. If you want to send feedback, send it to mail at downbelowpodcast.com um, or leave it on the Facebook group or on the website. If you like what you hear, thanks, go over to iTunes. Oh, I think it's time for predictions. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wrote down the wrong title. It was um, kind of a joke title. The next episode is called Interludes and Examinations, and I wrote down a joke title by accident, but I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> sorry, it's Interludes and Examinations. So it's like um, a one-off episode, maybe? Um, maybe. I, I feel like... You gotta watch it in a couple hours, so I feel like I can just say I can give hints, but I don't I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I think um, examination makes me think of annoying Vester scanning people. Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, him too. <laughs> scanning Franklin? There we go. <laughs> That's the only thing that disturbs him. <laughs> And then Franklin touches his face, and <laughs> um, I, I th- it just makes me think of like dreams, like dreams, and it just sounds dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about that, but the only pred- the predictions I have for not that are obviously I think Lita will be like a main weapon that they're going to use. Like, I mean, that's not even a full prediction. Um. And then those ships have got to come up again, right? The, the Starfears that can go into the atmosphere. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Well, and if they've got... Now if they're working with Vester, um, then when Lita comes back in, that should be interesting. Yes. I'm looking forward to that, actually. If anything's going to get me on board the Lita train, it's like being a villain. I mean, not a villain. Being an antagonist to Vester. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's how they win you over. Yeah. So that will be interesting for sure. We're going to out, like, emote each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When do we get to see Morden again? Do we need to make an episode count on that, too? (laughs) Okay. Is somebody on Facebook uh, keeping track of these things? Because <laughs> yeah. now I can't. Annika is keeping up with the first one. Okay, good. I want to say three episodes until we see him. So like one, two, three, and then the fourth by the fourth episode. Right okay, now. I'm gonna take a wild and crazy stand here and say it's gonna be the next episode. Ooh, I hope so. Mm. I really do. Like, I feel like he can't really come back to the station. Yeah. So we'd actually have to see him, like, on Earth or somewhere else. And we haven't seen much of Kosh this season. So we need to... Maybe we get more of a Kosh episode next. Because it kind of, like, is one of those titles that sounds Koshy. <laughs> Koshy? Like the... Like the cereal? <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not Kosha or Kosha, whatever. <laughs> I feel like I should have more predictions based on this episode, but I don't. Yeah, I might have if I had seen it, you know, more than once. As long as we don't see any more about Bester's love life, I'm good. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's some fan fiction about that. Oh, Maybe. no, I will not be <laughs> looking that up. <laughs> Excuse me. We'll be reading that next episode. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Uh well, cool. well yeah. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Yan. Good to have you on. And thank you for having me. Good luck on your move and everything. Thank so you. I'm glad it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, we will. I moved across country two years ago or three years ago, and that was a nightmare. Yeah. You probably haven't lived quite as long as I have. (laughs) (laughs) And collected as much as I have. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good about just every so often just throwing a lot of, or giving stuff away or throwing it out or. Right. Leah, can you remind us where we can find you out there? You can find me as long as it exists. The Babylon, net slash blog. Yeah, well, that's what I have. And, uh, I'm in the Facebook groups. So that's it. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time or what, like, uh, seven hours or so <laughs> <laughs> with interludes and examinations. But until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.